here you are. BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, let me just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Today's show is brought to you by Nation's Photo Lab. Refresh your wall decor with Nation's Photo Lab. Choose from classic photo prints, museum quality canvas prints, breathtakingly vibrant metal prints, rustic wood print wraps, and so much more. Ordering online is easy, so you can turn your Instagrams into instant memories that will last a lifetime. Make every moment matter and try Nation's Photo Lab today. Head to nationsphotolab.com and use code HAPPYHOUR for 15% off your order. Happy 250th Happy Hour episode. I can't believe we've made it this far. And I'm so excited because this is a fun show to be the 250th episode. What you need to know is that I have a post-it note in my office above my desk that I see all the time. And it has on it a list of seven women that are dream women to have on the happy hour. And today, one of them is getting crossed off. She's been on my list since before I ever hit record on the first podcast. Today, our guest is Elizabeth Hasselbeck. Elizabeth is a daytime Emmy Award winner, which she might be the first Emmy Award winner on the show. Someone can fact check me on that. She was a co-host on ABC's The View for a decade before joining the morning lineup as co-host of Fox & Friends in 2013. She's the author of the New York Times bestseller, The G-Free Diet. She also was on Survivor. Remember that, guys, from forever ago? That's when we fell in love with Elizabeth Hasselbeck. Before we sat down together in Nashville, I read her most recent book, Point of View on the Plane. And you guys, I loved it. Seriously, Elizabeth writes about in her book about how she spent two very public decades making her point known, and now she is spending the rest of her life pointing to the maker. All throughout her story, it is clear how God was leading her and how his word was the true anchor for her in the midst of many stormy times. Today, we talk about her time on the reality TV show Survivor. We talk about her time on The View and Fox and Friends. We chat about being working moms and moms of teenagers. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I was, I won't even say I was a little bit nervous before the interview. I was very nervous before the interview, but all the nerves quickly went away as soon as Elizabeth arrived. She made me feel so at ease and so comfortable and was so kind to me on the show. She's genuine. And I would say this about Elizabeth Hasselbeck. She was one of the kindest people I've ever met. And I know that you're going to see that in our conversation today and that you're going to love it. So Thank you, Elizabeth, for joining me on the happy hour. And now I'm crossing somebody off my list. I also want to tell you guys, thank you for listening to the happy hour. I mean, I just want to tell you, thank you for listening. It is an honor for us to bring you shows every single week that point you to Jesus, that encourage you, that inspire you, that sometimes make you cry, that sometimes make you reevaluate things about your life. I mean, we just want to bring you shows that make you think. But we also want to bring you shows that sound like real women having real conversations. And that's what we do here. So I want to say thank you for choosing to listen to the show today. This might be your 250th episode. And if it is, girl, thank you. Or guy, there are a handful of guys that listen. Thank you. 
But if this is your first episode, I want to say welcome. You're going to find so many other phenomenal women on this show that you're going to love to connect with and listen to and hear their stories. You're going to love it. Here's my request from you guys. I got two requests for you. First of all, this is your 250th episode. I'm going to bet money you already subscribed to the show, that you've subscribed and every single week you open up your podcast app and every Wednesday there is the happy hour. But if you don't subscribe, I'm going to ask that you do go and subscribe. Wherever you listen to podcasts, go hit subscribe so then you don't have to think about it. It just shows up in your app every single week. What that does is it helps more people find the show. Also, if you like today's show, if you like any shows that you've listened to, we would really love it if you would go over to iTunes and rate and review the show. Now, this can seem like I'm just begging for compliments and asking you to give me five stars, which I would enjoy five stars if you're handing out stars. But what this actually does is it helps more people find the show. There are so many podcasts to listen to today, and I'm a fan of so many shows. If I showed you my podcast list, you would say, Jamie, How in the world do you have time to listen to all these shows? And I don't have time to listen to all of them, but I get to them when I can because I really love listening to podcasts. Now, you may be that way as well. And there are people out there that are looking for shows like The Happy Hour. So when you rate it and we'll take your five stars, when you review it and tell others what you love about the show, it helps more people find the show. So thank you for listening. Happy 250th episode, Happy Hour listeners. Thank you, Elizabeth Hasselbeck, for joining us. And now here is my conversation with my new friend, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, welcome to the Happy Hour. Oh, thank you. I'm so thrilled to be here. Really, really thankful. Okay, I have two confessions. Okay. Okay, you ready? We're going to start the show. (laughs) Confession Confession time. (laughs) Number one, I don't get nervous very often when I interview people. I have been nervous to interview you. Why? Because I have looked up to you for so long. Like, literally, when I talk about a dream job, I'm like, I want to be like Elizabeth Hassel. Like, literally, I've stopped. Those words have come out of my mouth more times than I can count. Oh, my gosh. So I just loved when you were on The View. I looked up to you, all those things. So, number one, I'm nervous. Number two, confession hour. There's two confessions. confessions. I read your book, and you talked about getting thrown—we're going to talk all about this, but you talked about getting thrown into broadcasting world. Yes. And how much time you would spend preparing for an interview. Yes. And I want you to look at my paper, and I want you to see how much time I spend. <laughs> I you are literally, awesome. any interview, oh. there's like three points. Oh. And then I thought to myself, you you're know so what? Awesome. I'm just going to keep doing it. I've always done it. That's right. You just do you, and you're doing it well. I have to please be encouraged. Like how you are doing what you are doing is exactly how God is asking you how to do that. Well, you're and sweet. So that's, don't even, listen, I learned the hard way to make a lot of mistakes, but you are, you have a gift and it's such like exuberance and joy and like intentionality, like just do what you do. And then I'm just excited to be here. Like I look at what, it's so funny how I think we tend to do this. Like we'll look at each other and be like, that is like, I see you and I'm like, that's goals. Yeah. Like that's teen oh, you're mom sweet. goals. Yeah. Like she's, she's mothering teenagers. Like she's doing this thing with like fun and grace and like, shoulder to shoulder with them. And I look at that and I'm like, now that's, that's goals for me. So I just write back at you, but just know like where we are is exactly how we're supposed to be doing what we're doing. It's so true. And I think it's fun. I've come to a stage, I'm 41, where, and I think I've gotten here, we're the same age? Yeah. Okay. So I think we've gotten over the past couple of years, I feel like I've owned this a little bit more. Not past couple of years. I think I think I've always had this in me a little bit. And I see this in you as well, is I'm genuinely excited for people with their success. Yes. And so yes. it's also fun for me to look around and be like, I love what she's doing. Exactly. And I admire that. And I, I'm i owning, I love my job. Yes. But I remember thinking like, I want to watch this and I want to yeah. learn from this. Yeah. Um, so 
Thanks I for- think there's something like humility and learning. Like, I hope I always learn. I hope I'm always with someone who's like, well, how can I like learn from that and apply it to like my me- meanness, what I'm doing, right? Yeah. Like what I'm doing, yeah. but in my own way. But I do think it's like, there's something about 40 and 41 that's kind of cool. Like 41, 40 was like confusing because I was like, well, what does this look like? And then my body started hurting. I'm like, ouch, this yeah. is true. Uh-huh. All the things they say. Things are happening. And then um, 41, I feel like has been a year and you might feel the same way or I feel just kind of like, the ability to breathe out and like this is just this is exactly who I am and if I, I'd see young girls and I'm like you are gonna I, I wish this phase could come to them early yeah I feel like right? it's there and then yes. it kind of disappears for a little while and then you get to come back into it um, but 41 I think is fun it is fun not just because it rhymes I know you okay know? so if you're 41 I'm 41 you went on Survivor what were you like 23 yeah 22 yes. 23 yes because I got married that year that's why I remember oh wow yeah. yeah it was 2000 I think it aired I think we left in. T- 1999, and then it was 2000 when I came back. It was a whole other year. <laughs> yeah, you're like, what happened with my life? Okay, what funny happened? story, Elizabeth, when I'm reading your book, you tell the craziest story of going to Giddings, Texas. Yes. I was just in Giddings last week. Yes. I okay, mean, is it, it must be, like, way more developed now. Well, well, no, <laughs> is it's it not. not. So when you're talking about walking around there, I'm like, no, why is she doing this? Why? What's wrong? She's, no, don't walk <laughs> around. Giddings was good to me, thank goodness. Oh, it my was, gosh. I had a lot of—it wasn't a giddy time for me. I was just trying to—I think it was, like, the pre-survivor survivor, and I talk about it in the book, and I was—it's funny, that chapter was not—this whole book was not supposed to be— uh, at least in my plans, like even here, you know, like I didn't think I'd, I had anything valuable to add in terms of story. And then when I was writing about Survivor and the, that experience for me, which is pivotal, this whole, I started writing about the whole application process and I'm like, mayday, mayday, we've got an extra chapter here. <laughs> yeah, this is good. This is good. <laughs> we, there's some story in here. I love that chapter in Giddings because I, I had never really been anywhere by myself. And there they I was. They threw you in to just like, I cannot believe, yeah. I literally was reading it going, this was pre-survivor because they're like, if she can handle this, yes, flying into Austin, yes. getting there, you had no money, asking a stranger if you could borrow their car. I'm like, <laughs> so dangerous. What is happening right now? I literally was like reading the book like, no, no, don't do it. Run, Elizabeth, no, no. And you I made should, it. And yeah, I, I really feel like God specifically had people like lined up that were going to be safe places for me there. Like because this nice man at the this car dealership? nice man who's like, I can't rent, I can't sell it, rent you a car. I sell them, but you can rent mine. <laughs> And then he took his car seat out of the car. That is so crazy. And then I get to the flight school. But the whole time, I'm like being called Amanda, which is so odd. This is (laughs) pre-9-11. This is pre-9-11. You could fly under an alias? Flew under an alias, traveled under an alias, rented a man's car under an alias, jumped out of a plane under an alias. Did you have a license? Like, no. So you, this is so crazy. They just had a travel ID. Yeah. But I just knew all my luggage said Amanda. I mean, it was wild. And so I get there, and this is, you know, obviously before, like, high security times. and But it felt um, like l- lack of security for me because I was like, <laughs> I-, I don't even know who I am. Amanda, Elizabeth, what's happening? And when it came time to, I talk about it in there. You know, I remember being in this plane and being ready to jump out of the plane. And the reason why I talk about it is because I remember in that emer- up to that point, so for all that entire week leading up to the point where I was to jump out of a plane 10 times to get trained to jump into wherever Survivor was going to land us. The dumb question I'm about to ask. Yes. That's how you showed up on the island was jumping out of a plane? So we were supposed to. Okay. Um, and then I think the jumping out of a plane was a little too risky um, because just as I was about to, I get pulled back in the plane. And I thought I jumped. I thought I I felt like tumbling and tumbling, but they were pulling me back into the plane off the bar. And they kept screaming at me, Amanda, Amanda, we've been calling <laughs> you to get back in the plane. And I'm like, 
my name's not Amanda. My <laughs> name's Elizabeth. And like everyone just stopped. Like we're in the, we're in like altitude, okay? And everyone just looks at me like, wait a minute. What's happening? Her name's. And there, the point of that is just really you can try to be someone else for a little while, but it might cost you. It could cost you life. You could end up jumping into something you don't want to jump into. When you do it, you are not capable because God only gives you the capabilities um, and the calling and all that you're equipped to do when you're within his will as as the person he created you to be. Yeah. So my limits were felt soon, and they were like, who the heck are you then? And why are you in this plane? And when it comes down to like those emergency intense situations, you really, and we have those in life more than we think, you really can't be um, anybody else well. You yeah, know, but you who just God can't. made you? And you're not going to be called by anybody else. He's going to call you by name, made you specifically to be who you are in, in the situation you're in. So if you are trying to be anything else, my dad used to tell me, he's like, you're always going to be second if you're trying to be somebody else. Mm. God made you to be you. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. And so it's, I think that was a lesson, like, unfortunately learned the hard way for me, but thankfully in the right second where you you cry out, in, when things get tough, you cry out your own identity because mm. you just want to be known, particularly when things get hard. And so I think that's what that was an illustration of for me. Like, whoa, I am not who you think I am. Like, And I can't do this anymore. I can't do it anymore. Have you ever jumped out of an airplane now? No. I have no desire. I had no desire then. I have no desire now. I don't even want to fly in an airplane. I don't <laughs> even want to travel. Like I don't even want to travel with like, like a ticket and a seat. I just like to stay where I am. That is so funny. No, I will fly some places when when uh, there is a calling or a lacrosse tournament or something. But or a I don't vacation. enjoy it. I'm not like that part of it I don't love. Yeah. But you're good at that. Well, it's just part of my job. Yeah. And I was just telling somebody today, I used to think when my husband used to travel all the time mm-hmm. and I was at home with our kids, and I used to think this would be the life. And I I feel very confident that God has me where I am. Yeah. I, it's an honor to speak to women at churches. Mm-hmm. Uh, but traveling is not—it's not glamorous. It's not. It's not glamorous at all. And I'm like that person who wants to make sure I have like every bit of like, it must be from Survivor, like snack with me. And <laughs> like I turn into like this like plane hoarder. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. And then when I'm by myself, I sort of feel like under purpose, like I don't have any What am I doing here? Advil with me. Like why not? Uh-huh. Um, so I do, but I have learned to enjoy the in-betweens a little bit more. Because I think that even in the midst of, like, that flight, like, I'm sure there's someone who just needs your, like, smiley yeah, eyes, yeah. like, looking right at yeah. him, you know? Uh-huh. I think that there's someone, Jamie, who sees you and who, like, is so blessed to, like, sit by you and even just maybe get a word. You just never know. And so the in-betweens for me are something that I used to just kind of want to disappear and just get where I was going. But I really sort of settled into, like, the in-betweens. Like, God, you have me in-between here and there. Like, what do you have for me in that? For and there's something. There's still so, so much yeah. purpose in that. And I, I love that. Okay, so maybe so- I'll get better. You didn't jump out of the plane, but you did go on Survivor. Yes. Some of my listeners are going to be—they were kind of young for yes. this. They probably need to go back and watch it on—can you watch Survivor on Netflix? Survivor's still on, isn't it? It's, I was on the second one. It's hard to find. You have to go, like, get the DVDs. Those are digital video and people are discs. like, what's a DVD? Yeah, I know. I know. You got to go fix it. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. 
If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. So you go on Survivor. Yes. Your life changes. You even write in the book that when you came home, you kind of wanted this normal, you wanted back to normal mm-hmm. and you had this kind of a thought of, I mm-hmm. don't think that normal looks the same for me anymore. Right. And I think one of my questions for you is when you had that realization, you, you, you endure survivor, you learn a lot, you make friends, you make good choices. You, in fact, you told them when you were going in, I'm not going to be cutthroat. You can do this and be mm-hmm. kind, mm-hmm. which we all love. And that's what people fell in love with Elizabeth for. You come home and you realize, I don't think normal looks like it looks like I thought it was. Did you push back against that? Or were you like, okay, God, what's next? No, I I like ran away from the whole idea. I, I thought, you know, I had traveled in college on a trip to teach kids in Belize. And I, I f- sort of equated this trip to that, that it would have this like depth and, and meaning and adventure to it. And I really went trying to figure out what I was made of and figured out quickly, not much without God. Um, 
And when I came, I think it was so moving for me spiritually in a way I couldn't articulate yet. I didn't really know how to put a word to it, but I didn't, I knew for sure that it wasn't just for everybody. It felt super intimate to me. And so I kind of got um, strangely, I'm not introverted by nature, I don't think, but I became this like introvert ambivert where I just wanted to kind of hide and get things back to normal. And I ran quickly back to um, my mentor in design and started designing children's toothbrushes, like the electric toothbrushes and anything I could just to keep life as normal. I was grasping for it to be the way it was. and was Tim still in college or done? Tim was in his fifth year. Okay. So he was um, just finishing up his fifth year at Boston College. And I knew, you know, when I left, I could kind of see life ironing out for me. And I think it's why I wanted to shake things up a little bit and see what I was made of without all the, the support and love. And I think God was like, I'm not asking you to do that. I'm really not asking you um, to shake away all the people that I placed in your life. And I think sometimes we mistake like uber comfort sometimes for like, what am I made of without that? And God's like, no, I, you're made to be exactly where I have you with these awesome people near you. Don't shake them off and try to go do it on your own. So you own. feel like you kind of need to prove yourself. Like I can I do this without the strong people around me. Yes. I didn't know what it was like to fail. Uh-huh. I didn't know what it was like to be without my comforts. I had a really supportive family, an awesome boyfriend and Tim. Yeah. Um, his family was so kind to me. I had a great team, had a great experience. I was like, what is it like to feel like? hurt or Which hungry. Which that's a big or, girl feeling because for a lot of people, they'd be like, I don't want to feel that. Like, I feel pretty comfortable right here. Yeah. Where does What is that in you that says, I kind of want to test it a little bit? Yeah. I kind of like things. you've kind of seen that thro- like in the rest of your life. Haven't you seen that come up in different ways? Okay. That's a point I don't know if anyone's made to me. But yes, I do like, I think I seek like the hard. Uh-huh. Like how much can I take and withstand? And I think one of the lessons I've learned is that God has placed us in these situations, but he's not placed us in them alone, and certainly not without right. the people around us, and certainly not without him. Yeah. Like, as much as I thought, well, who am I by myself? God's like, oh, funny child. Yeah. Like, you're, you're not, not by yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you might try. Yeah. And I think, too, you know, I, I really wanted to be there, but not forget who I was. I went in pretty um, self-focused. Like, you know, that, I guess, young 20-something, mm-hmm. like, I need to remember who I am. And I wear this headdress yeah. of, like, this is to remember my mom. This uh-huh. to remember discernment, my black and white scarf. And this to remember my creative self, my designer self. And um, it's funny because that headdress was my survival item going in. And then Roger Bingham brought a Bible, and his survival item became ours. Yeah. And it was really the thing that got me through. Like, the Word of God was the only thing. I didn't need anything on my head. Yeah. I didn't need a headdress uh-huh. to tell me who I was. I needed the Word of God in the midst of— snakes and Uh spiders and dirt surroundings to tell me who I was, not this headdress. And that was something that, you know, I think we do as women a lot. We put these things on us, you know, we like attach things to us to tell people and ourselves who we are when God's like, no, I tell you who who you are. Take that headdress Uh off. Take your fascinator off. Take everything off of you, all the patches, all the labels, all the committees, all the friends, all the lunch groups, all the things you do, even in service. Sometimes we're like, this is who I am. And we put all these things on us like a big survivor headdress to tell us and everyone else who we are. And God's like, take that off and make room for my crown. Like you're leaving no room for my crown when you attach all these things to you, trying to tell the world who you are. And all you need is my words about you. I get to say who you are. And so that was one thing that I think looking into that time, um, and I don't even know that I've thought of it that way until this minute because you're so good at what you do. Well. (laughs) To dig that out of me. (laughs) Well, I even think like when you talk about, you say that you brought the headdress, Roger brings the Bible, and you've said now and in your book that that became Mm -hmm. like our rock. It was like we would read this and it would remind us of who we are. And then I read your book, and so I know what you told us you depended on for the next 
15 years of your broadcasting journey Mm -hmm. was you would say every morning I needed to first get in the word before Mm -hmm. I talked or before I did this. And so I can't help but think, man, you went into that survivor experience like, I'm going to figure out who I am. I'm going to prove myself. I'm going to take this, remember. And then God was like, here's my word. And remember, right. this is what you need. I That's love right. it so much. It and was like a pillow in the Australian Outback. I'm telling you what it was. Was there anyone else that read it with y'all? Um, our whole tribe read it together in wow. the morning. He would read it. Anyone who was there and wanted the word would listen to it. But it was— We didn't see that on TV, I don't think. I think one point they may have shown okay. it. I I actually didn't watch it. We came back. I watched it with our family, but I was like nearly blacking out every time I would see it live. Because <laughs> you're like, I so lived uncomfortable. this. so uncomfortable. I'm like, I, I'm still processing this and like— little post-trauma probably from it a bit, even though it was finite, it was still a physical challenge. Um, And then I hadn't watched it again until I turned 40. And my husband surprised me with the survivor party and I just like smelled the tiki torches and I almost ran the other way again. I'm like, I need to get out of here. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) How was it watching it? Well, we watched it with the kids. Had your kids seen it before? No. They hadn't even really known it, but they didn't know. So, you, I mean, you're not waking up every morning being like, kids, let me remind you. Yeah, mommy's a survivor. Mommy's a survivor. Don't mess with <laughs> yes, me. Exactly. I should have used that. I yeah. could have. It would have been a great, like, card to throw with them. Like, do you know, totally. you can't wait in line. Mommy can. Yeah, exactly. You know eight, what? Eight, eight hours. That's right. Mommy can wait. I waited that long on a log with an alligator <laughs> in the scorching heat and a thunderstorm. Okay, you can wait That's right. in Walmart with me. Elizabeth, so. let me tell you, I would have pulled that card, just so you know. <laughs> that card would have come out a long time ago. So how was it watching it with your kids? You know, it was funny because one of them, who is probably more um, quiet, was really worried about me the whole time. I'm like, dude, I'm okay. Aww. I made it. I'm yeah. right here. But mm-hmm. it was sweet. They were. I think they saw a little part of me that maybe they— Because yeah. I'm kind of a scaredy cat now, to be honest. I mean, I'm pretty much can, I think— um, and maybe it's just from having 15 years reading a lot of news stories too. I can go to fear pretty quickly. And so I'm an optimist by nature. Um, I'm an intro, I'm an extrovert by nature, I think. But I think what I was kind of, what I walked into career-wise in my private world made me a little bit more introverted and a lot more scared. Mm-hmm. And so I think I kind of can go there sometimes when things get stressful. Like I, I, I think because I'm a natural first responder, I kind of assess like what the worst situation is and like, do I have, do I have water for the fire? Right. You know, I can go there. And so I think watching it for me um, was healthy because I could see it and be like, well, that seemed really hard at the time, but look where we are now. Right. And isn't that so many times we do that? We go through these things or whatever our survivor season is in life and we walk through it. Um, or stumble through it. And you can't even imagine being on the other end of it. And then you watch it years back and you're like, we're okay now. We made it. You know, like, where's that? I wish I could have a little bit more of that in the midst of the hard, but that only comes through the Word of God. You know, that's hope and that's trust. Yeah. You summed up your your life very early in the book and you said that, I'm going to read a paragraph from Rachel. Okay. Come it's like, an, I'm doing your audio book for a second. I'll make edits as Here you we do. Go. <laughs> I needed a comma there. Yeah. <laughs> as I look back on this adventure-packed path that God had placed me on from being a walk-on college softball player from Cranston, Rhode Island to dropping into the Australian outback by plane on season two of Survivor to voicing my thoughts and opinions on The View to hosting a news program on the Fox News channel, I still blink a few times. This journey assures me that God has already written my story. He's been there all along at every juncture, failure, and next turn, putting things back into focus. He's the ultimate lens crafter. And mm-hmm. I love that you started out, the chapter was talking about how we view things. Mm-hmm. Your book is called Point of View. Yes. Um, but I think I always liked talking with younger women. Mm-hmm. We've already said we're both 40. I like seeing these younger women and saying, you have no idea. And even us, mm-hmm. me, you and I, yeah, no idea. no idea what the next 20 years no holds. Idea. Isn't that crazy? Stop planning. Right. You just, I'm like, we could never even design our lives, mm-hmm. the good and the bad. 
the awesome and the hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but you said, even though you, this is never what you thought it would look like, you have felt God kind of directing your paths every single time mm-hmm. along the way. And I think that's encouraging for us listening as followers of Jesus. Um, but I think it's also a good reminder, you know, because yeah. things haven't always been easy for Elizabeth Hasselbeck. I mean, you know, you've walked through some really hard seasons within um, your personal life, within your career. And so I want to ask you a question. Do you remember their first day on The View after you had the job, not when you were interviewing? I think so. Well, probably not. I blocked out most of it. <laughs> it's called self-preservation, friends. <laughs> you were on The View for 10 years. Okay, right? I remember getting the job and turning in the chair. And then I think one of my first days might have been interviewing Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. But Which that may is have so been the, crazy. I know, it's wild. That this may have even been part of the interview process. I'm like, this is intense. This, this is, is even why I'm like, I'm interviewing Elizabeth Hasselbeck, who has <laughs> um, interviewed three presidents, two presidents, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. Secretary of States, had dinner with the queen, all these things. Do you sometimes look back at your life now? You even said to yourself, you said you spent two public decades making my point, and now you're spending the rest of your life pointing to the maker. Mm-hmm. You said that. Yeah. Do you sometimes look back on those two decades and go, who is that girl? I do. Or do I, you look back and go, it's me, but it's just different now? I think I look back now and think, what was God doing with that girl? You know, what was—I think God knows that I have an obedient heart. I'm a firstborn kind of rule follower, mm-hmm. so I don't really want to break the rules. I like adventure, but I like boundaries. And so I think um, I've always had a willing heart, and I'm not sure—I think my faith was kind of cracked open. My mom was sick when I was in um, high school, mm-hmm. and I think I learned to trust that there was something bigger and that you had to rely upon something in difficult circumstances. So I was never afraid of anything difficult. Um, I also play baseball, so you strike out a lot, and that's a really healthy thing to do because it's like, whoop, there I go again. That was a mistake. And then you do something again. You do the next best thing. Um, But I think when I look back at life, um, I do think about—and even with this book, Jamie, like, I usually write about gluten-free muffins, and that's yeah. fun. Like, we get a lot of baking done in my house. The kids are well-fed. Tim's yes. like, cool, we get uh-huh. to try pancakes yeah. again. Uh-huh. Um, but I think that I actually think he had me, even in the process of writing this book, he just needed my attention. There's always something he's doing. And yeah. we, we do this as women sometimes. We really focus on what we're doing for exactly what it is. But I think God's always— it seems to be for me in my walk, he seems to be using my circumstances to get my attention. Mm-hmm. He just wants more of my heart. Like ultimately God just wants our hearts and he wants our full attention. And I tend to be get very distracted very easily with worthy causes, yeah. you know? So I think um, as soon as I got quiet enough to write this book, he knew that it was the right time to do the work in my heart for things even outside of it. Like relationships have been healed because I had spent so much time in the word mm-hmm. more than I ever had in the writing of this in the book, process I was of this terrified. Book, yeah. I was like, I am terrified to look back and like, what did you, God, what did you through your lens want me to see in this writing process about that time at The View? How did you want me to, how do you want me to articulate this time at Fox News? How do you want me to articulate getting fired? How do you want me to articulate having different positions on issues? And so it was in the, and the only way to do that was to spend time in the Word. And so I think he just knew he, he could get my whole attention because I'd be so desperately scared to do this that I would have to like only fall on his words in order to articulate the ones he gave me in this book. And so um, the cool thing is, is that I, I'm not a journaler. Do you journal? No. I do not. I think like, I should because I'm everyone the, You're does. very in the moment. Yes. This is why. We're like in the moment people. Yes. And I feel like when you're like that, the trick is you're really with people. 
and you're right there. My my daughter would say, "Mom, you're really bad at leaving because you're like so with the uh-huh. person you're yeah. with that you lose track of time. You're just really bad at time." Yeah. And um, so I'm I'm bad at like journaling. And I there was a time in my life I think I was great at it, and then things got busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happens too. Yeah. Like yeah. we're not like journaling about ourselves, or right. I don't write things down enough. But this was a huge look back because you had and to so, go back to go back. I'm like, what was I doing there? I wasn't qualified for any of those jobs. I went to school for painting. Which you do quite well. I've, I seen, mean, your, I've seen some of your paintings. Way to listen, go. I mean, like, not qualified to be interviewing the president of the United States for the fourth time. Right. Like, hello, somebody help a girl out. But I think the cool thing is for young women is sometimes I think we think about um, God's plan for our lives. So you know it's there. It doesn't mean you give up. It doesn't mean you give up on, like, seeking and being like, is this right? It's a giving over in order to totally trust and submit your plans to his will and then watch what he does. Yeah. And then the more time you spend in God's word, the more you understand the sound of something that's off tune. You know, like right. I, sometimes I, I didn't catch that in mm-hmm. life sometimes. And you can get ahead of God. Like I can, because I'm driven and because I'm a go-getter and because I'm a responder, I like to like be like, sure, I'll go. Yeah. That sounds like I'm, I'm going to be there. Uh-huh. But the times where I've learned the hard way and God's like, I'm going to instruct you because you went left instead uh-huh, of right, uh-huh. lovingly, have been when I get ahead of his call. Yeah. Like, he wants us to, like, sometimes be still uh-huh. and listen to him so that the next step is his instructive step. Yeah. Um, and that's hard for me. Yeah, bet. Because I want to be like, I'll go everywhere, uh-huh. do yeah. everything. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah. I am not asking you to do that. Right, right. <laughs> but I think with The View and Fox, and it was always opportunity to learn from awesome teams yeah. and just rely on um, his good news before giving an opinion on the hard news or reading the hard news was essential for me. I love what you talked about that, that especially when you went over to Fox. um, You're not just giving your opinion anymore, but you're giving news. Is Mm -hmm. that you were really diligent, you talked about, of getting in the Word Mm -hmm. before you did that. Okay, guys, I know you're loving my conversation with Elizabeth, but I want to stop right here and thank two of our sponsors that make the show possible for you to listen to today. The first one I want to thank is ZipRecruiter. Finding a new job is a lot of work. What if you had your own personal recruiter to help you find a better job? This sounds like a dream, you guys. Now, ZipRecruiter's technology can do that for you. Just download the ZipRecruiter job search app. Let it know what kind of jobs you're interested in, and its technology starts doing the work for you. The ZipRecruiter app finds jobs that you would like, puts your profile in front of employers who may be looking for someone just like you. If an employer likes your profile, ZipRecruiter lets you know. So if you're interested in the job, you can apply. No wonder ZipRecruiter is the number one rated job search app. And based on a third-party survey, seven out of 10 people who found a new job on ZipRecruiter increased their salaries. Bam, I like that, people. Download the free ZipRecruiter job search app today and let the power of technology work for you. Don't wait. The sooner you download the free ZipRecruiter job search app, the sooner it can help you find a better job. The second people I want to thank for sponsoring today's show is ThreadUp. If everyone bought one used item instead of a new item for a year, we would save 5.7 billion pounds of carbon dioxide emissions. That is why I love ThreadUp. The world's largest online consignment and thrift store, they are on a mission to get people to think secondhand first. With up to 90% off on-trend brands like Reformation, Kate Spade, Nike, and Free People, it's easy to stay stylish and sustainable on a budget. Plus, ThreadUp is offering our listeners a special offer for an extra 30% off your first order when you go to threadup.com slash happy hour. 
That's 30% off their already discounted prices. I have used ThreadUp before. You saw my Easter dress. I bought some shoes on there that I wore the other day that people could not believe that I got them secondhand. I have shirts I've gotten from ThreadUp that I will be packing in my trip. I love shopping with ThreadUp because it's so easy to find the clothes that you want. And then you're saving money, first of all, and you're saving the earth. For a limited time, they are offering our listeners an extra 30% off your first order when you go to threadup.com slash happy hour. That's on top of the already low prices. So hurry and take advantage. That's threadup, T-H-R-E-D-U-P.com slash happy hour. Threadup.com slash happy hour for an extra 30% off today. Terms apply. You talked about your time at The View. And um, one thing that I think is sometimes hard for Christians is to have discussions about things that we don't agree on. Mm -hmm. And you had to live this life for 10 years of being most of the time the probably, I would say most of the time, the lone man with a specific conservative view on a subject. Mm -hmm. What did you learn and how can you help us who are listening of how to have these hard conversations? Um, Because I would imagine, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, I would imagine you grew a lot in this area Mm -hmm. because you were forced to. Um, there we can get in a groove of just kind of having conversations with people who are like-minded with us. And that's easy and that's fun. And I'll be the first to admit, I would rather be there because it's not stress on my life. But I also want to have those conversations. And I would imagine that you learned how to have those in front of millions of viewers, which is hard. But help us learn. How do we do that? How did you learn? If you get to the end of your 10 years and you would say, man, God showed up this way. He showed me this. This is what I learned the most Mm -hmm. of how to engage in conversation with people that I love and people I like, but I don't agree with. You know, I think you're really good at what you do asking questions because you got me thinking this morning. I'm like, wow, I'm like deep thoughts here. Um, I do think for 10 years at The View, um, as women, we got together and we took on some really hard topics, yeah. heartbreaking ones, and ones that weren't just political. Um, they were personal. You know, a lot of them were personal because you everyone brings their own heart into a discussion. And I think the times that it went poorly, and I'll start there because I, I typically learn the most from my mistakes, um, or when I did not acknowledge someone's heart in a hot topic. Mm. So it's really a heart topic. And I think if we can kind of go about them talking about the heart topics, like the why behind the what, why do you feel this way? Um, I feel like the times that I went on um, just holding, holding so tight with both hands, like a double grip on the topic and position that I wanted to hold, um, doesn't really allow you to hold hands with anybody else. Mm. So when you have double white knuckle fists on something in a position, you're afraid that if you let go, who the heck is going to hold on to it? That's where I was sometimes. And what I, if I could look back and even go back and maybe just reillustrate some of those moments, I probably would take a hand off um, and be able to, with my constitutional beautiful rights that we have in this nation, hold on to my faith beliefs, hold on to my political beliefs, but at the same time, let go enough to hold the person's hand next to me that doesn't hold those same beliefs. And I think that's what we are um, not only able to do, but afforded the right to do. Uh, And so those are the conversations that have gone so well. Whoopi Goldberg and I are the closest of friends because we have been able to have what I call like Godversations, really hard conversations about tough things um, with grace and peace and with the intention of being people together. You know, I write in the book, I don't think we're going to get to the the gates of heaven and God's going to make a tunnel for us and be like, child, you were so right about everything. Like, it's not our calling um, to hold on to positions that we stand for more than 
um, to hold hands with one another and the God we stand yeah. under. Like yeah. I really believe, and I didn't, I don't know that I was mature enough in my walk at the time to surrender that double grip on positions. And it's, I'm not asking anyone to step off of their um, God-given, um, afforded rights that we have men and women sacrificing their lives for every day. Um, and the fact that we can breathe out our beliefs should be something that we enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. You know, so I look back and I think someone sometimes described the view as a cat fight. And I'm like, gosh, that totally undermines the value of women at a table taking these topics on Monday through Friday yeah. with millions of women watching every single day, every single set of 15 minutes, one million eyes and ears where pairs of them were watching and listening. I think that was a beautiful thing that we were able to do. And it should be celebrated. And sometimes it does get hot. You know, these topics have passion in them. Not for one minute would I ever say we should have had a passion-free discussion on them. Mm -hmm. But it's with the intention of getting to know the other person more. Just the why behind it, I think, is the key. So I'd encourage anyone out there. um, We have a God who wants us in relationship with people. And he's not asking us to forfeit that. Like, we have a God of relationship. We have a God who wants us with people more than um, being right on things. And I really— I lived that for 10 years, and there were some personal relationships that I've had that um, took a backseat to holding a position on something. And so I I think the beauty of what God's taught me in this time is that um, we're to be at peace with one another when it's up to us. That's His Word. And so doing that just requires asking more questions and— um, it, I think the hardest thing is when you feel like someone's not hearing you. Yeah. And that you just have to surrender your pride. That's good. That's okay if yeah. you don't hear me. This is where I stand. Yeah. This is where I am right now. Um, but holding on to our beliefs is one thing. Um, and just releasing one hand enough to hold someone else's, yeah. I think is key. And literally, I've been able to only experience that through someone like a whoopee. Uh-huh. You know, who she loves my my children. I, I love her. We are like true sisters in a walk where— we don't have to think the same. Mm-hmm. We just have to love the same. Yeah. And um, if I didn't experience that with her, and I, I, have, I have such a soft spot in my heart for her because she has been generously loving to our whole family. And we, sometimes we think the other person is crazy. Right. Like we're right. like, you are not, you're so wrong. Yeah. But it's okay. Yeah. Like we, you don't have to change someone's mind. Uh-huh. God's I, not asking us to do that. I think that's really good for us to remember. And you fortunately and unfortunately, had to walk that road in front of millions of people. And I'm sure there were some times where you felt, I'm the only one here saying this. My mm-hmm. grip needs to be so tight. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just learning that mm-hmm. that my grip can be looser and I can still be strong. It's 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 important for us in our day-to-day life when we're not sitting on The View right. discussing hot topics. And listen, there are things, some things that I think are not—I don't bend on, but I don't need to be harsh about. Yeah. You know, like I think life has value. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really have things that I, I, I just believe are the Word of God. So if I, if that's where I place my identity, and if His Word is true, then I'm not to change what I believe based on how I feel yeah. about something unless His Word changed. Right. Um, and I, last time I checked, it had it. But, no, it won't um, ever change. But I think so it's just good. a matter of holding on to both. You yeah. know, He really just wants us to be, I think, with one another and getting to know more about the whys. And the more, truthfully, I mean, I interviewed the President of the United States, Barack Obama, um, four times. I think it was twice when he was running as a candidate and twice when he was the president. And when we're talking there, well, one of the questions was a you know political, financial question that I was afforded the right to ask him. And the second one was just about being a dad. Yeah. And so I think that the most beautiful thing is you can see someone who might have a different stance on something than you. Yeah. And, I'm just a mom. Yeah, they're still parenting you kids. You know, he's a dad. Like, we're just trying to have a conversation as two human beings. 
um, created by the same God. Mm -hmm. And I think that if we can kind of get back to that, everything should be okay. You know, but it does take a second spot for your views on things um, behind the lens of, you know, I'm talking to a brother in Christ. Yeah, yeah. Did Tim watch the show when you were on it? I think it stressed him out. I think he was— <laughs> <laughs> Did you go home and be like, you're not going to believe? Or was it you went work, you left work and you went home and you were making sandwiches? Um, there and- were some hard days where I was not making anything but, like, <laughs> spot from my head to bang on the wall. Yeah. Um, I think that—I um, think he would rewatch something with me uh-huh. if I was like, was I way off? Like, am I—and he's a protector, so he would—he was really um, careful to not let me— be over con- overly consumed with right. what happened that day. But I have a heart. I mean, even when I was at Fox, I couldn't really let things go because I, I have FOLPD, fear of letting people down, uh-huh. self-prescribed <laughs> um, and self-diagnosed. Um, I really felt like, did I let someone so down? So you would replay events yes. over and over and yeah, be like, like could I have done that better? Yeah. Should I have not done that? Should I have, could I have said that better? And there were some days I really messed up. Yeah. You know, your words come out fast. Oh, I cannot listen. I cannot even imagine. In fact, I said this morning um, that I always have thought, man, Elizabeth's job on The View, like dream job. I read your book and I'm like, I don't really know if that's a dream job anymore. <laughs> this seems really hard. I mean, there were some fun moments. I got to run, do a segue race with Justin For Bieber. Sure. That was fun. Someone's doing your hair and makeup. Amazing. All that lashes, lashes, yes. lots of lashes. Picking out clothes for you. And then there's the conversations. Yeah. And I'm like, I would be sweaty. And then sweaty. I'd be nervous. And yeah. I would nervously eat like four protein bars before a show just because I really felt that it was all on me at times. And um, the truth was it wasn't. You know, and I think I remember when Sherry Shepard came to The View. It was like God literally dropped an angel down right. in front of me. And we would just pray um, before. And it was it was such a, um instructive time for me on just out loud prayer. Yeah. Like I was like, I was been quiet, quietly praying in here. Uh-huh. And now I, she's like, let's bring it out. Yeah. One of my uh, favorite things that you wrote about in the book is when you started to catch on that you might be leaving mm-hmm. and they were bringing in people to like guess. And I could just see like the way you write about it. I could see you kind of looking around like, this is weird. She's really into those notes way more than a guest host would be. And I was like, oh, I wish I could have been like Elizabeth's friends because she'd come home. She'd be like, you're not going to believe someone else is trying out for me. I could just imagine. But I also could feel when you were writing about it, the pain of feeling undermined for I'm about to, you know, be outed. And so I enjoyed you talking about that of just real life Real struggles, real pain. Yeah, that was painful. And listen, years before and like some fiery moments, I was like, you know. I'm out. <laughs> let me get rid of me, you yeah, know, yeah, just yeah. With bigger words. Um, and I didn't love that about those moments, but I, I really wanted to be there. I yeah. think ultimately I wanted to be there. I felt called to be there. I felt a purpose there. And I think when you feel something's going away from you and you're like, how could they take this away from me? The biggest thing that I learned was it was not mine. It just wasn't mine. I wasn't, I, um, anything you hold on that tight to, and maybe it had become a little bit of my identity. Mm-hmm. Maybe my purpose there became so much of who I was yeah. that without that, I wasn't sure yeah. um, who this girl was. Or Well, you did a lot of growing. I mean, mm-hmm. you were young when you got that job. I was a baby. Exactly. And so you think, I mean, I look back and think, man, I've grown up so much since then. Mm-hmm. I've evolved, like, yeah. the way I handle things. Sure. And here you are thrown into this huge platform, and you're like— I'm a baby. I'm a baby. You were married, right? No, uh, I had just gotten married. We were just You had we were all living, of your kids while working there. All of them. Yeah. We brought them out like Lion King. Yeah. It was like a big, <laughs> like celebratory moment. Uh, we did. And it was, 
mean, I really grew into my womanhood there. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful for the chance to be able to, like, exercise my thought on where do I stand on yeah. certain things? Or oh. what does this sound like? Or, you know, it was a charge. There was It was not a boring time at all. Um, it was— with easiest mom hours ever, nine to 12, Monday through Friday or Monday through Thursday, depending on who was in charge. And um, I learned a ton. I was so sad to leave. I was so sad because I thought, well, just tell me what I was doing wrong and I'll fix it. I love that you said that because I could see that in your personality. Like, I'm, I'm good, guys. What is it? What do you need? Like, do you want me to rearrange my office? Do you want me to like, <laughs> outside of like forfeiting my rights yeah, to, to articulate your my, and your views? Yeah. yeah. I would have done, I literally would have done anything. And so, um, I'm like, what do, what do I need to work on? Just coach me up. I'm, I'm a walk-on. You know, I could get this thing done. Um, and it just was, it was gone. It yeah. was already gone. But I think God's always preparing you for something. And when he knows that you will not leave, he'll help you. Yeah. You know, God just knew there was protection in there. There was in destination. Um, the trouble was, I think in my next step, I kind of jumped the gun a little bit. I, With I, your next job? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think Because you were, were you just, you're like, this is what I do. Where do I do this next? I was like, I'll show you. Yeah. No, this there was like total pride in that. Yeah. Like, even though I'm like, God, I surrender. And I went through this gratitude movement. And like, I'm going to go through this firing period um, that I can't even talk about. I and mean, I wasn't allowed to um, with gratitude. And it really changed my heart. It changed how I saw the process. As soon as that was over, I was like, well, I'll show them yeah. I can still have value. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I went, a li- I think God probably I was get asking that me a to bit, hold though. a year. Yeah. Um, but I, I went ahead of his call on that one. But how, he met me. How far, how long was it before you were with Fox? I mean, my last day was in June at The View, May or June. And I started with Fox in August or September. Oh, the same year? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, girl. You were like, I'm on this. Mm-hmm. I got this. Mm-hmm. I had responsibilities. <laughs> and Barbara helps you. <laughs> like, we have a mortgage. Yeah, we have three children. We've got a—and I'm not going to let them think that, uh-huh. you know, they can just kick me out without a place to go. But Barbara actually— was essential. I think I asked her, I'm like, can you please help me? I need, I need help. Yeah. And she did. She yeah. stepped in for me where she didn't have to. Yeah. Um, and she made a call for me. But I still think, and I talk about the book about going ahead of the base call of God. And I was a pinch runner in college. And I remember um, just trying to prove myself all mm-hmm. the time. I was a walk-on, barely made the team. My dad made me try out. He was right. I made it because I was fast. And um I finally got a chance to be on base during a championship game. And I'm like, I had already decided I was going to steal home. Because you wanted to be like, I'm going to win this game for my I'm going to prove to everybody why I'm here. Yeah, exactly. Walk-on's going to win the game. This is like how it should be. This, this is a like new story right here. Yes. Right here, my moment. And I get on base, and I'm looking at my third base coach, and I hear the bat crack. It's behind me. And I go to take round third to take home, and I see my base coach with two arms up. Not praise hands. Those yeah, are yeah. like this is total stop. like stop. <laughs> yes. Okay. And I blow by her, and I try to steal home, and I was so out, and I describe it detail in the book because it was very painful. Um, Catcher's glove on my leg. I think I still have a broken leg from it. Um, I was so out. And I went ahead of her. And I remember flying at me being like, that was not your base to steal. That was not your base to steal. She was fuming. And I'm like, I know that was not my base to steal. And I think about that time a lot because as I took that base and I was stealing home, I do that so much in life. I literally blow by the best base coaches hold sign Ever and that's God. He can see the whole field. Right. He sees what's ahead. He knew. I, I mean, he knew that I was going a little too fast around the corner to get to Fox too soon. I think it was there a year after for me, and I went ahead uh-huh. a little earlier. Yeah. Um. But the good news about God is, unlike my base coach, who was awesome, yeah. one of the best coaches ever, um, is that he wasn't running at me with like fiery eyes. Yeah. Like he literally meets us in the base path, just totally dusts us off, cleans off all that irony clay, 
makes us new, and literally carries us home. Yeah. And God says to me, and this is something that came to me after the book. He He says to me, like, you can't, you're trying to steal home, but you cannot steal something that's already yours. Mm. You can't steal what's already yours because I've given it to you. I've paid it for you. And so when it comes to salvation, sometimes I think in life I may have gone ahead and tried to get that job, but a lot of the times we're trying to earn our salvation, and God's like, you are trying to steal something that I've already yeah paid for. Yeah. You can't do that. It's not stolen goods. It's yours. If it's already been given to you. Yeah. And so I think when it comes to my relationship with God, that was a twist for me because I'm a work hard, try hard, earn it, prove it kind of person. Which you've done your whole life. And it's done you well. To a point. I mean, in your, I'm yeah. talking about your work oh, yeah, life. yeah, and work life. Yes. yes. But let me tell you something. Your greatest assets, and you know this, if you're a go-getter, can be my greatest fault when it comes to my faith walk. 100%, right. Because I'm like trying so hard. To I like, don't need you, God. I'm good. Or like, how can I, is this good enough? Uh-huh, yeah. Is that good enough? And like the day I realized, like even with that analogy, that like he is carrying us to a place he's already paid for. Like we do not have to earn God's love. We do not have to earn our spot. Um, it really takes a load off your worthiness um, earnings through the day. Yeah. Like you're trying to like just prove that you're okay enough. Yeah. And so I think that, that that was revolutionary in my heart because in my walk, I want to be an earner. I, I was raised to feel good about what I earned and what I worked hard at. And it's like, this is different. Yeah. This is different. Yeah. Heaven's math is so different. Right. Thank goodness, because we'd never— There's freedom in that heaven's math. So much freedom. And it doesn't mean you don't work hard. I think sometimes there can be a little like sense of like, okay, I'll just chill out. Like God is not asking us of that. He's given us specific gifts to accelerate in. Go get them. Yep. But it's the why and how you do that, I think, the, for me, has been in this, like, 40-ish yeah. season, like, so cool to walk into. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I don't have to—I'm not sitting—I'm not on the sidelines. He's put us in the game. Like, he has us here with our unique gifts and circumstances yeah. to use them well for his glory. But it's very different than using our gifts to, like, earn a spot right. in the kingdom. Right, Because that's just impossible. That's impossible. Which so you talk cool. about going to Fox— and so you head over to Fox, and this weekend when I was traveling, we got—doesn't matter. Terrible delays. I, know, I got like sorry. five hours of sleep before I had to be on a stage the next Sunday morning. But listen, I thought, Elizabeth used to work on three hours of sleep. <laughs> it didn't go well, Jamie. It didn't, but you did it for years. It I did well, it one girl. night. I was like, if Elizabeth can talk about the news— in Syria and the worst things in the world <laughs> on three hours of sleep, I could talk about Jesus. But I anyhow, should not have been talking about any of those things on three hours of sleep. <laughs> you head over to Fox, and it is a completely different ball game. Yeah, I mean, you are now—you went from these are my opinions to these are the facts, and this is what's happening. And did you feel underqualified for that? Way underqualified. I feel like I'm just like love something that I'm unqualified for. Like I don't know what it is about me. It's a well, you're a go-getter. Like I can like, do this. All right, but I'm gonna go. Yeah, I don't know. My question for you as you left Fox, mm-hmm. basically you're saying I'm gonna go home to my family. Yeah. Um, you, you talk a lot more about in the book about how that season was super hard for you because you it was hard. I mean, you're up at 2 a.m. Um, which, by the way, when you said that Tim got up and made you tea or coffee, he and did. then took you to the door. Yeah, he basically carried me to the door. I I'm not a morning I was like, person. Oh, which so nice. Well, he knew I was not leaving the house. He, had he did to help not you. do that. Like this was not this was loving, yes, and caring, uh-huh. but he was like if I don't walk her there, she she's, might she's sleeping in. She might fall back asleep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. it was it was so hard for me just cuz I hadn't Tim would tell me he's like you've got to give up on the day. 
And unfortunately, what happens is when you drain yourself, you drain your surrounding people. Yeah. Like, I drain my whole team. Like, Tim was drained because he was up late with me and waking me up in the morning. My kids were drained because I was a crank. I mean, I literally lost, like, sensation and desire to play with them. I just went into total numbness. Mm-hmm. And I think it must have been burnout or drain out is yeah. the term now. But I think it's—I think I was just so burned out um, because I didn't do the things to well equip me for the next day. But I will say this. Looking at it now behind this lens— I feel like God weakens me or allows that or uses that time of weakness to really bring me um, to a place where I acknowledge that I need a lot more of Him. Like this complete surrender type thing. Yeah, because I was so physically weak and so underqualified. There was nothing of my own that I had to offer um, outside of just loving the people I was with. Like I'm really good at being like— Let's uh-huh. hang out. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. Hi, Brian. Uh-huh. Hi, Steve. Like, I love my whole team. Um, but I think, technically speaking, I was just struggling. And um, schedule-wise, I was struggling so much. And so God just used that well, knowing that I went ahead of Him a little bit in time um, to just bring me literally on my knees. And um, thankfully, I have the best teammate in Tim. He's awesome. The fact that he did that— I mean, he would, he would even put up—I thought green juice would help me for a little while in the morning. <laughs> so would he get up and make you green juice? He would just deal with the blender sound. Like, yeah. it was it was uh-huh. horrible. The poor guy. And he—the coolest thing about, I think, us is that we've always had our own things going on where we don't—like, it doesn't let us, like, hyper-focus too much. We really want to know how the other's doing. And so we can—I um, feel like we're focused so much on each other that it doesn't let us get, like, you know, for one bit prideful about what we do. Yeah. Um, and listen, I think sometimes, like, our vocation— and we've happened to have like some bizarre ones mm-hmm. um, and our location, those can be confusing sometimes and sometimes mistaken for identity. Like he played in the NFL for nine years. Yeah. If that were his identity and every team was his identity, that shield has a limit. Yep. Because um, you can't play forever. Each team has a limit. Yeah. You know, if you identify with that, that's dangerous. So I think with, with every job we've had or calling, it's that's your lo- location and vocation. Two great things. Yeah. Two great gifts uh-huh. um, to be used well. But I think when we— um, ever confuse them with our identity, then when it's taken away, and I think it happened at The View without me you knowing it was happening. You feel that of like— You're like, whoa, well, yeah. who am I now? Uh-huh. And so that's a danger. And I think having um, wrongly identified with things too much as my identity, um, that's where it got a little—it hurts more. Yeah, yeah. You know, it just does. When your identity is rested in solely who God says you are, um, all these things can change and, yeah. and will yeah. without as much pain. I think the hardest thing is as a mom, because I super identify as, like, wife, mom, and, like, all the things that I do creatively. But, like, I can hold that so tight. Oh, yeah. And be like, this is, like— This is who I am. Yeah. And if it's, like, fall, taking me down, I'm like, oh, that might not be the crown. Right. That just might not yeah. be the crown. Yeah. If it has the, like, if something went wrong in that category and it totally sinks me, I'm like, that must have been— must have been placing my identity too much in that. Well, for my question for you when you were at Fox is because that was really hard in your motherhood journey because mm-hmm. you weren't taking care of yourself. Right. And so if you couldn't take care of yourself, you're having a hard time taking care of Tim, your family at home, all the things. And so for the first time, it feels like this was a lot harder. The hours are harder. Mm-hmm. The information is harder. Yes. Um, everything's harder. And when you left there, you said, it was time for my family to get the best of me and not the rest of me. And I remember reading that and. And I want to ask you this because I feel like a lot of times women can struggle and can maybe look at you or maybe me and say, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. What if I could be like them? What Mm -hmm. if I could have this job? Or what if I could be an executive? Or what if I could start my own company? I'm just a stay-at-home mom. 
And I think it's really important for us women to talk about that because you looked around at your family and said, you're not, I need to come home. Mm-hmm. I need to come home because mm-hmm. no, we're not surviving. No one's surviving here. Right. And I think there's this false idea that staying home with, and, and let me just preface this with, I have been a full-time stay-at-home mom. I'm so thankful for my job now because I'm there when my kids go off the bus. I'm there in the sun, all the things. Yeah. I also really love working. Like, it's been this thing for me that I really love it. But there's sometimes this thing that women go through where we think we always want what the other person has. Sure. What did that feel like for you with your identity saying, I'm going to go home? Sure. That was, you know, I think one of the, well, first, I have to say, like, and I write it in the book, like, whether you're a stay-at-home mom or you're a working mom, yeah. we are all full-time moms. Yep. And so our momming, um, there's no, like, scale or sliding scale in there for our value as moms. Um, God specifically has given us these children um, in unique ways. Um, and, and through a number of different paths, and also our vocations to just give him the glory. And so he's placed us in these situations. He, he gives us full permission to be at work with these gifts he's given us for his kingdom. And so um, I've always, even now, like I'm writing, I'm talking, I'm still working. Yep. It's a little more flexible. Flexibility for me um, tends to be a, a currency. Yeah. You know, like, can I make this work? And I think moms are awesome at assessing the situation. I mean, like, where do I need to slide in and cut in? Totally. And where can I make this work? We're always trying to figure out how to make it work for a broad group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're, you know, executive managers all the time. And so I think that you're, you're the, the most challenging career move and that I will make, the most um, challenging career day is when I'm trying to figure out what's best for my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I have my job too, sometimes it's a choice. Like I didn't grow up where like working was like an option. Yeah. Or yeah. like I knew fully well that when I left Fox, that was a privilege mm-hmm. to be able to do that. Yep. So I don't mistake that one day for That's good, yeah. um that was some that was a choice that I had to make. Um that I but I could make. make. Yeah. Yeah. And so there are so That's many not reality situations. For a lot of people. It's not. Right. And so I knew that just because of where life had, you know, launched me. That was a, that's not a common decision to be able to make. So I actually carried a lot of weight after that, being like, did I, golly, did I, I hope I don't make any mom ever feel guilty mm-hmm. for being in the work. I'm working right now. Yeah. Like, this is like, we're doing it, and there's purpose behind it, but we are using our crafts for good mm-hmm. in a work environment um, that might have more flexibility than than some certain jobs. But I have such great value. My mom's a working mom right now. She's at the office yeah. right now. Uh-huh. Like, I grew up seeing that. And whether you're at home or in the office, you are purposed. God is using you. And so it's not, um, I think we just need to realize we really need each other. And sometimes it's a different season. You know, I really, I could see Grace getting older in a teen season where if I could work and see her in the morning, I was giving, I was giving breaking news um, globally, but getting briefed on my kids. So I was the first to know what happened in Syria overnight or Europe or China, or a plane, but I had no idea what was going on with my kids. So for me personally, I just felt like I was out of lane. And for our marriage, I think sometimes it's how your team works. Like, I felt like um, Tim was running the sprints that I was made to run, Uh and I was lifting the weights that he was meant to lift. Like, it was just out of order. And you can do that for seasons in your marriage. And I feel like Tim and I have always been able to be like, okay, well, we can work here. And he left the NFL because he didn't want to live away from us. He, he stepped out of his career at a time when he could have done a year, two, three yeah. more um, and said, you know what, I want to commute away from my family like that with a baby. And so he's he's made those decisions too. Guys don't really get credit for yeah. like sliding uh-huh. out of jobs, yeah. but they carry a ton of weight on them. And I think for our team, the things that brought me joy, 
I was opting out of. Yeah. And I couldn't see my home anymore. I couldn't see. And I was so physically weakened by not sleeping. It was just the wrong position for me, how yeah. I'm specifically wired. Yeah. But I was so thankful to do it. And so we do this as moms. We, we do. do this as women. We We're like, what's the right thing for yeah. me right now? Uh-huh. Assess the situation, see the opportunities, and then pick a lane. But I think um, I think we really just need to be, and we are for the most part, great teammates to one another. Like when I had hours at Fox, I, I missed, listen, I missed, hey, I missed my daughter's first day of school ever. I love okay? what you wrote about that. Like that was a bad thing. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm like banned from PTA meetings from this point no, forward. you're but good. Like we, we, need the mom when you're high when you're in high power work season you need the mom who's got the school schedule yeah. to shoot you a text but it takes humility to be like hey i'm going to be at this meeting can you just text me yep. when that when the sign ups come out like yeah. I, i've had the best moms uh-huh. who when i was in a really busy work season would remind me hey the sign up genius is going out so you yes. might want to so you can get the napkins yeah yeah I'm you know what it. I mean? Like, it's it. okay if you can bring the napkins. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay if you're the mom who's making the cupcakes that are personally decorated and yep. monogrammed for every kid. Whatever we your need gifts each are, other. we need each other. Yep. And listen, I've loved, I hope that I can be that mom for the other mom. And so sometimes I have friends who are like, I'm a better mom when I'm at the office yep. for four hours to eight hours a day. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Do you. Uh-huh. You know, I think it's the coolest thing it's as so women. It's so good. And I think I just want women to— to not feel guilty wherever God has them. Yeah. If you need to work, maybe you're a single mom. Yes. You're the only option. Yeah. Then that's the that's what God has put you there. And you get to be the best mom and the best worker, all of it mm-hmm. together. And I just, I don't like the guilt of if you're not, one's not better. Right. We have guilt. We have like FOMO. <clears throat> you yeah. know, if yeah. the working moms sometimes get FOMO and yeah. the stay home moms don't yep. get FOMO. Totally. And I think the thing too is that um, just giving ourselves permission, like you said, to be exactly where we are. Yeah. And sometimes it's not about us. You might be right in the studio today because there's someone you're going to walk by who just needs your smile. Yeah. You might be in a place. I tell this to my kids all the time. Like you might, this might not be about you, that team you're getting assigned. It might not be about you that um, if you have a weekend trip with a, with a group of kids and that's your cabin yeah. mates, it might not be about you. It and might be about your interactions. Are, based on the God that I'm like uh-huh. trying to get to know more and more about, it's more about the people around you yeah. that he's going to use you. Um, to reach their hearts. Yeah. So you might be in your work environment today listening to this or on your way there. Like there's someone there that needs you yeah. and needs your heart and that God's going to use you there. Yeah. So feel that alone for relationship is so great. Yeah. Because if we all just stayed where we are and if we all just went where we thought we were supposed to, we'd be in the, the wrong place. Yeah. Like I think where God has you is exactly where he's going to use you well. Um, and sometimes that's my prayer. Like God, use me well here. And when I went, when I finally got home, Golly, I messed that up. I was like, "Why well, have this now?" Yeah. I did not surrender to God's will when I when I left. The you had workforce. the same like, "I'm going to do this. I can do this. I don't need anything." I thought, "Well, gosh, you you had me in the hard stuff. Now I'll take this." Uh-huh. And it was right there where he's like, "Oh my word, you are headed for a crash." And it was. I messed everything up at home because I I wasn't asking for his guidance and help at home. Yeah. I was like, now that I'm out of talking about like terror attacks yeah. and war zones uh-huh. and this, like, You're like I'm what good. could be worse? Like I'll I'll call you later, God. Yeah. When I need you. Uh-huh. And I that was the biggest mistake. I need him just as much making breakfast. Cause I'm a mess without him. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I I need all the same God. I, I need to call upon the same way. No matter when what I'm you're doing. Work. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's funny because before, speaking of working mom stuff, before I left to come out of town on this trip, my family was having dinner. And I was like, okay, guys, I want to talk you back to you all about something. I said, whenever mom's out of town, I'm going to need you to not call me and ask me if you can go to someone's house or whatever because your dad's here. Like, 
<laughs> Ask your dad. <laughs> and one of my kids goes, but mom, you do that so well. Like dad doesn't do that well. And he's like, I don't oh. do that well. Keep calling your mom. And I was like, oh. it was like this, sometimes it has been frustrating to me on the road. Like a kid called me one time to ask me a question. I said, where's your dad? They said, he's downstairs. I was like, okay, you need to walk downstairs <laughs> and ask your dad. But my son was like, but mom, you do that the best. Yeah. Oh. And so I was like, okay, I can do both. Yeah. I can keep things together here and I can still go on the road. And Aaron, my husband was like, Call your mom. Don't ask me anything. Great, I can do Did this. Did you feel so like justified and like your purpose? I felt so loved because yeah. I was trying to tell them, don't do that when I'm gone. Like figure it out. Talk to your yes. dad. And they were all looking at me like, no, mom, we right. have to call you. Kids are really good at like magnifying and like showing you, reflecting you back, like yeah. your gifts and also like where you need someone else to yeah. have those gifts. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I did love it that my husband too, I thought he'd be like, yeah, ask me. I can handle it. He's like, no, Jamie, we need you. Right. Like, You're like, I would be like, yes, badge of honor. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm I'll in charge of that. I'm I'll in charge of something. I'll take it. Um, Elizabeth, uh, I love hearing about how God has used you. Mm-hmm. And thank you for all your years in the public eye of having mm-hmm. people like myself uh, look up to you and see mm-hmm. someone who can stand on the truth of what they believe with kindness and love. And it's just, it's been an honor to talk to you today. Oh gosh, it's been an honor to be here. And God just was really good to me all those years. I really felt his hand in all of it. And when I would have and have, when I didn't ask him for his grace, it didn't come out with grace. So I'm just thankful that most of the days I knew to just turn to him and only ask for like Holy Spirit to just speak through you. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, um, it was an honor to be in those situations. And um, it's an honor to just be able to I've done it with the ability and trust that I have a God who was with me and went before me. So I'm I'm just thankful for all of it. And I'm so thankful to be here. Yes. I feel like you are a knockout mom. You're awesome. You're, so sweet. you're, you're really so sweet. good at what you're doing. Thank I you. love, I just love following you and seeing like the thread you are in so many hearts. So I just hope you feel encouraged to like keep doing the Jamie thing. It's awesome. Thank it's you. It's awesome. And I just visited Boston recently. Go Beantown. And had my very first lobster roll. Lobster. Lobster, sorry. Okay, lobster. <laughs> <laughs> and I liked it. I say I liked it. I didn't love it as much as I thought I would, but yeah. I liked it. But I love clam chowder, and so I ate like three bowls while I was there. Boston was there. is great. Went to school and worked there for many years. Met Tim there. Was engaged on the bridge going over um, the river there. And it's just— it's, Sweet memories. It's a sweet place. We love going back with the kids. But Nashville's been, I think, the exact, exact place— what you needed, yeah. It's the best. Yeah. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. True or false? Walmart has eye care. True. Stop by Walmart to save and browse top designer frames right where you already shop. And they accept most insurance. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. It's the best. Okay, I always end asking people what they're reading and what they're loving. Okay. So what are you reading and what are some things you're loving? Um, right now, I'm loving just um, summer on the horizon. I love a non-schedule where you can just kind of like not have anything to wake up for early. Um, must be my lack of morning nature. Um, and then I'm reading right now Inner Excellence by Jim Murphy. Okay. It's just a neat book. It actually really helped me. We went on a family vacation and I was terrified to go on this Jeep tour that was going to slide down the canyons. And I'm like, I, I don't want to do that. I've exhausted my adventure tank. I'm I'm good. I'm going to ruin our family vacation crying on this Jeep. And so I did this visualization technique and it totally helped me. Really? Oh, I did not, not only did I not fear the Jeep, 
I enjoyed it. That's good. It was awesome. And it's just kind of finding fortitude through loss and um, victory, how like wins and losses can both be your best friends. Yeah. And so I just, I've really enjoyed reading the book. It's it's an older book. I don't know if it's being republished, yeah. but um, a friend recommended it to me and I am diving into that right now, I which is fun. Love it. But, I love and, it. And I'm loving the horizon of just like s'mores at nighttime. I'm waiting for just s'mores. So great. And I'm loving Danita's children in Haiti. Which it's um, on—we didn't even get to talk about it. I know. We, you know, two of my kids were born in Haiti. I just—and it's a large reason why I just started just loving you. Yeah. Autumn. It was like auto-love. Uh-huh, yeah. I know. You meet people and you're like, oh, we where have this they, connection. Where are they from in Haiti? Um, a little village called Cazel, yes. which is up the mountain from Cabaret, which is on a main yes. room out of Port-au-Prince. Yes. So, okay. yeah, they're both— were born around Cazelle and then yes. lived there till they came home. And they've been they've been home nine years. I don't talk about adoption a lot because it doesn't feel like that's my lane. These are just yeah. my kids. I love Which that. is good, I guess. I just love but, it. Yeah. Well, I love that about you. I think it's just like they're your kids. Yeah, yeah. It's, it just feel um and I just I love Haiti. My daughter is funny when we got back from Haiti, she immediately packed a bag and a note, like next time Haiti. Like she's just ready to go she's at any time. She literally has like a getaway bag. It's so good. To just go it's at so any point, which is Awesome. She won. She was 11. And I'm like, this is— This is great. It's like a second home and heart to us. Yeah. So um, that's—those are kind of the things that I'm loving. Um, the season of summer. I um, hope to get back to Haiti soon and reading Inner Excellence. I love it. What are you reading? Well, I, on it, this is not a lie. You can see. It's marked Aww. up. I just read your book Aww. on the plane. So, so sweet. I don't know do what that. I'll read next, whatever, you know, <laughs> is coming at me. But I am reading Michael Hyatt's new book. Something about focus. Okay, good. Um, I need that. Yeah, yeah. It's good. <laughs> I and, need that. Yes. It's, it's about hard to focus. How you know? to kind of get in the thing. So I like what Michael Hyde does. Oh. But Elizabeth, thank you. Thank you, Jamie. This For is real. a joy. I just am so glad to just see you and spend time with you. You're awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Love you. Love you. Guys, don't forget about Thread Up. It's the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. They make it easy to stay on trend and on budget with up to 90% off top brands like Reformation, Nike, Free People, which is my favorite, especially at 90% off, you guys, and so many more brands, all from the comfort of your own home. Never pay full price again and shop guilt-free with ThreadUp. Get an extra 30% off your first order at threadup.com slash happy hour. That's ThreadUp, T-H-R-E-D-U-P dot com slash happy hour for an extra 30% off today. Terms apply. Okay, did you love it? Did you love it? Did you love it? I loved my conversation with Elizabeth. I told you she was so kind, so genuine, beautiful inside and out. I just loved it. There's something that she said that has stuck with me since our time together. And she said this, let go of the white knuckled grip on your position and hold an open hand for your neighbor. That stuck with me, guys, in a world where it can sometimes look like there are all these lines drawn and people gathering on their own side of a view. I'm grateful that through Elizabeth's life, that God's word had led her to the understanding that her grip needs to be both held and open to her neighbor. I want to be that neighbor that is willing to sit with others, that I don't always share the same point of view. And I loved Elizabeth talking about how she learned that in this journey. Oh, she was just so genuine and honest with her journey there. Point of View, her new book is available now, and it'd be a great summer read, you guys. There's a link in the show notes so you can easily find where to get your own copy of Elizabeth's book. Speaking of, all of the show notes have the link to our sponsors. We've got links for ThreadUp and ZipRecruiter and Nation's Photo Lab all right there for you to see as well. Today's show was edited by Chris with Podshaper, and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Show notes are written by Aki Slockers, and the whole thing is organized by Lindsay Sweeney. 
Next week, my guest is my friend Vivian Mabuni. We met years ago at If Gathering, and she quickly became one of the people that I admire for her faithfulness to the ministry of making disciples. If you aren't familiar with Vivian, I promise you, you will want to know her. And she's coming on the show next week, so you can get to know her a little bit through the happy hour. You guys, enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend. Have a happy hour with a friend. I'm on the beach this week and I'm going to my happy, happy, happy place and I can't wait to get there. So whatever you're doing this week, whether it's the mundane, whether it's the exciting trip you've been waiting for, I hope that you will reach out to a friend and do it together. See you guys next week. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.